What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Ben Burnett. Joining me, as always, your other host, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, how are you doing this fine, fine Tuesday evening? I'm doing really well. Uh, looking forward to finishing up this long week. Uh, you know, got out of the layover, feeling rested and recharged. Lots to talk about today. Yeah, you, so you didn't partake in the Vegas ceremonies last week? You didn't go shoot a puck into some fountain in Las Vegas? No, we uh, went to Great Wolf Lodge and went uh, like tubing and swimming all weekend. It was a lot of fun. Well, uh, all right. Uh, I stayed in my apartment like a uh, good sad boy. Uh, <laughs> let's hop right into the fantasy talk because, of course, there are a million things to talk about because it's been so long since we last took the airwaves and Brian and Elon did an amazing show looking back on uh, draft performance in 2022, leaving us with a ton of headlines to talk about for this week. And of course, we have to start with a headline that dropped like two minutes ago out in Boston. Tuka Rask appears to be finished in the NHL. What can you tell us about what's going on in Beantown? Yeah, so it seems like the Tuka train is pulled into the station for good. Uh, you know, he came out with a nice initial game when he made his return, but uh, in the four games in action, Rask had a 4.28 goals against average, along with an 844 save percentage. And now we have Fluto Shinzawa reporting that the Tuka Rask comeback has come to a premature end, and he is likely to call it a career in the coming days, a great career out in Boston, certainly, uh, you know, maybe one of the, the more underrated goalies. Um, but you know, a guy who, uh, you know, really did a whole lot for Boston and, you know, a shame, you know, they were talking about Carter Hutton, uh, kind of limping into the sunset when they talked about him, uh, on the show that came out yesterday, Brian and Elon did. Uh, and I think, you know, it's kind of the same way here. It's unfortunate to see things sort of turned out the way that they did. Um, but you know, good on Tuka for trying to make that return. Um, you know, in spite of everything going on. What that means for fa- sorry, go ahead. And so I, I guess now we need to sort of look reassess the goalie situation in Boston. Obviously, we're back to square one. Um, you know, without the return of Tuka Rask looming, as had been the case for most of the first half of the season, we're kind of stuck picking between Jeremy Swayman and Linus Olmark. Do you have any uh, preference there? Or are you leaning one way or the other? Well, you know, yesterday we heard that Swayman would get the start here on Tuesday and that Rask was going to be out for the week. And obviously that turned out to be much longer. Um, so I think a lot of folks, uh, I know Brian and myself both ran to the wire uh, to grab Swayman. You know, he is not having a great game here against the Malkinless Penguins. Uh, was doing okay until I mentioned something in, in the Discord chat and then uh, allowed three goals in the second. So, you know, it's tough to see. You know, he's obviously been playing very well, uh, at least before he was sent down, and he was very motivated, Swayman was, to, to come back. He said, you know, if I give the best chance to win, I hope that I'll get a shot to be the goalie. Um, there are games against Montreal and Ottawa left this week. If I were a betting man, I would guess that we see one each from Allmark and Swayman. Um, but you know, if this performance turns out to be particularly poor, maybe Allmark gets them both. I, I guess I, if I were picking, and I, I think I'm biased somewhat because I have them on my roster, but if I were picking between the two, I do kind of like, uh, Swayman just because of the body of work he was able to put together, um, for the season. You know, when he was sent down, it seemed kind of like an injustice that was the result of goalie contracts. Um, 
but you know, uh, he has to maintain that level of play. What's interesting too is that with the East sort of figured out in terms of which teams are going to make the playoffs and not, there's not going to be as much motivation necessarily to run a hot hand. Sort of depends on if the, the coaches feel like jockeying for position to avoid a particular matchup. But you know, the West is, is all topsy turvy. The East is more or less settled at this point. I think um I think sort of reading between the lines there that that we're in agreement here which is that we're back to a split. Like I I, I hear you on on Swayman I I guess like I I guess it's hard to say though that I feel strongly about one over the other and I don't get the impression that the Bruins do either. So I I think we're basically in like what the Islanders have been the past few years and maybe a uh, sort of a less um, committed version of what the Bruins were in recent years going between Halak and Rask. Although with the previous Bruins teams, it was very clear who, you know, the the number one starter would be come playoff time, but they would still run it essentially like a, you know, a 45, 40, like a 43 to 40 or whatever adds up to 82. But with, with Rask getting a few extra starts over the course of the season, I would expect that we're basically looking at like what amounts to a 50-50 timeshare. Yeah, and I think in general, if you can get one of those starts, you're going to be in good shape, but you may also find yourself frustrated that your guy's not getting a start when you kind of need it to be. So if you're willing to live with that, these might be, you know, Swayman might be a guy who's worth holding on to. He's only uh, rostered in 33% of leagues right now, but you have to imagine by the time this podcast comes out, that number is going to be increased significantly. Heading over to Toronto next, where Austin Matthews' managers were left a bit scared, I would say, on Monday evening when Austin Matthews left the game a little bit before the end of the third in the Leafs' eventual 4-3 overtime comeback win over Carolina. Matthews took a Brett Pesci knee to the head. It looked accidental, of course. Uh, Not trying to suggest any malintent. Uh, Fortunately, though, Sheldon Keefe said today that Matthews showed up at Leafs practice, was feeling pretty good. Um, it appears that, you know, that there's he's no worse the wear. And, and hopefully if he does miss time, it's precautionary for, you know, maybe a game or so. Uh, however, Lewis, I do have a feeling that you want to make a quick stop to talk about Matthew, uh, a Matthews linemate before we move on out of Toronto. Yeah, I couldn't wait for the hot streak section. We got to talk about probably the hottest skater in the NHL right now. Mitch Marner is on an eight-game goal streak. He's got 10 goals on 32 shots in that time. Why not nine assists to go along with it as well? Not a ton to add here fantasy-wise, except just as a reminder that skilled players are going to regress towards the mean. So kudos to anyone who acquired him early in the year uh, through his one-point output over the first seven games. Uh, or held on to him in spite of low ball offers. Uh, In the 27 games since that slow, slow start, he's put up 39 points and obviously is operating a key position on the league's top power play uh, and seems to have really, um, you know, shed his, you know, power play choke artist can't score a goal here uh, ways as well. So great to see uh, Marner really picking things up. And yeah, like you said, it sounds like uh, despite... Brian and Elon getting a little panicky on yesterday's show as the the news came out live. Uh, it seems like uh, Matthews is going to be just fine, uh, likely to practice tomorrow and probable for Thursday. Well, then let's hop right over to Las Vegas, home of uh, the 2022 All-Star Game, where Jack Eichel showed up in practice today with a full contact jersey, joined in line rushes, was alternating in and out of the top power play look. It uh, doesn't look like he's ready just yet, though, eh, Lewis? 
No, uh, you know, he's still got to work back into game shape. Um, you know, uh, they're, they're giving him a little more work each day. He's doing some extra skating, some extra practice, getting his conditioning up. You know, he has cycled into the top power play unit in practice. Uh, and so, you know, that's generally what we expect. We don't know what that ultimate, you know, even strength line deployment is, but, uh, you know, no surprise that, you know, he's expected to join that top power play unit. So at this point with the trade deadline coming up, you know, in terms of actionable fantasy stuff, uh, you know, maybe it's time to see if you can't pry Eichel away from a team that's really scratching and clawing to make it who needs a difference maker now. You know, having waited all this time, I think there's going to be some some sunk costs uh, there that, you know, people are going to expect more or less full price. But, you know, hey, if, if you've got some people who forget that Eichel, you know, was a consensus top 10 pick before that neck injury, a guy who um, put up over a point per game uh, through his career on a pretty terrible uh, team in Buffalo for, for most of his career, you know, this is going to be a great opportunity for him. And I imagine he is going to be highly motivated to come out and make an impact. So it uh, might be worth poking around the Eichel owner, especially if they are desperately trying to reach the playoffs here and see if you can't uh, give them something. Or if you're in a keeper league, you know, maybe he's the kind of, you know, uh, toss some picks that person's way if they're low in the standings. Just some options exist out there uh, to potentially grab him before he is clearly on his way back to the ice. All right, Lewis, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have a few more injuries to chat about and a couple of hot streaks. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. Lewis, uh, we are going to hop right over to Colorado next, where we learned today that Nathan McKinnon is likely out into the weekend. Uh, it has, uh, you know, he may just miss one game this week. Let's hope if he's back in time for Saturday. Otherwise, he'll miss both games this week. It appears that Valerie Nashushkin is taking over on line one, while Sam Gerrard is keeping that top power play look in a, a two-defenseman formation. If either of those guys are available, obviously, uh, might be worth a stream, depending on, uh, you know, if you have the flexibility in your lineup to make it work. Uh, it's going to be, you know, a light schedule this week, as I mentioned. But just wanted to throw those names out there as those are two players who could, they have pop-off ability given the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, we talked about Gerard being an interesting, uh, potential pickup, uh, before the break and, and Nishushkin as well, though he's fairly widely rostered. Uh, but yeah, you know, as long as they're going to have that opportunity. And then for folks who, like me, have, uh, McKinnon on injured reserve, you know, because it is a light week, maybe it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise that you can kind of have that Sunday ad for the game against Dallas, uh, where you can drop someone who you're kind of done with that you were streaming and pop him in and see if he can't, uh, do something for you on Sunday to, to pull you off to a win. All right, Lewis, we are going to next take a little jump on the old COVID carousel and talk about the latest additions to the league's COVID-19 list, starting in New Jersey, where Jack Hughes has been uh, listed under the COVID protocol after participating and winning uh, part of the winning Metro team in the last weekend's All-Star game. Uh, New Jersey does have two more games after tonight, and losing Hughes may take a bit of the boost out of that excellent schedule that fantasy managers were probably looking forward to. Uh, Heeshier took over for Hughes on the top line with Brat and Igor Sharangovich, scored a power play goal on Monday, scored a goal at even strength tonight. Heeshier and Brat and Damon Severson and Nathan Bastian were all in their regular power play spots. Pavel Zaka joined that unit tonight and scored a power play goal, so that is good to see if you were able to stream him in and, and uh, capitalize on a little bit of waiver wire value. 
Heading over to Vancouver next, Quinn Hughes is on the COVID list, joining his brother, unfortunately. Uh, Oliver ekman Larson likely to take power play one for the Canucks three games this weekend. Um, hopefully Hughes is back this weekend, I suppose. But if you're looking for somebody who can fill the fill the stat book and also may pop in a power play assist or so, uh, you may be in luck with Oliver ekman Larson. And then, Lewis, you mentioned Evgeny Malkin being on the list earlier. I'll, I'll hand that one off to you. Yeah, so you've got another uh, return to relevance for Evan Rodriguez, who joins the big boys on the top power play. He is stuck with Danton Heinen and Redeem Zahorna at even strength, although uh, Heinen has two goals here in his revenge game uh, with the Bruins. So, uh, you know, not the worst place to be, at least for this particular matchup. Uh, Jeff Carter takes Malkin's spot between Kapanen and Brock McGinn. Uh, and no real update on where Malkin is, but obviously, uh, yeah, we'll try to keep you posted. Uh, also in Winnipeg, Neil Pionk and Pierre-Luc Dubois hit the list, but it sounds like it's just going to be for a little bit. They are likely to return for the Friday, Saturday back to back, in which case there's not a ton of fantasy relevance from that particular, uh, entry into the list. So good news for those, uh, Jets. And our final injury tonight is in Washington. Vitek Vanacek continues to miss time. He is out once again Tuesday evening. And while many folks ran to the waiver wire and scooped up Ilya Samsonov, it looks like Phoenix Copley is the first in line to get the start. Unfortunately for Copley, he has taken four goals to the Dome so far and got chased Samsonov now in net in late into the third period. So it looks like uh, I, w- I would expect that either Vitek comes back in the next game or Samsonov gets uh, gets his chance to shine. So maybe if you're into the sunk cost fallacy, just hang on to Ilya. Uh, Lewis, why don't we hop into the hot streak section to finish off the show? And uh, I'm going to hand the reins over to you once again. Yeah, here's a name that I did not necessarily expect to be talking about during a hot streak section, but ever since the page turned on the new year, well, ever since the second day of the new year, uh, this has been one of the hottest goalies in the league, and that is Matt Murray. Uh, After giving up six goals to Toronto on New Year's Day, Murray has posted a 944 save percentage over the last seven games, including five quality starts, and he was just one save away from a sixth quality start in that section. Giving his previous performance, Murray is probably playing over his head, as are the Senators generally. Uh, they were outplayed in that most recent game at 5v5, and Money Pucks deserve to win meter gave the game to New Jersey in 670 of 1,000 simulations, despite uh, Ottawa pulling out a 4-1 victory. In some ways, this just shows how important Murray has been for the Senators lately. Uh, It also is revealing about how brutal some of New Jersey's goaltending has been. Of course, here on Tuesday night, uh, the cure for what ails you, as always, is uh, playing the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you talked about, uh, Zaka, you know, kind of finding his groove. He added another assist. Uh, Gillies has only allowed one goal against Montreal, uh, in a seven to one blowout there. So, uh, trying to give props to New Jersey where I can, since I, I seem to always be talking down about them. Back to Murray though. How much do we trust this turnaround? He's averaged above one goal saved above average per game since that New Year's Day blowout after reaching one goal saved above average in a game only once, uh, going back to the start of the season. Um, how do you feel about this? Do you think that Murray has turned over a new leaf? Are the Sens suddenly a better team despite all these injuries that they've encountered? Uh, or is this a mirage? 
I mean, I think it's uh, probably like a bit better than we can expect the sense to be rest of season. But I also don't think I'm going to look a gift horse in the mouth, especially if I was brave enough to stream Matt Murray in and hold him through the injury. And, and here he is uh, putting up numbers for me. Am I going to add him off waiver wires? I think I would in in leagues where I'm looking for a goaltender. Uh, I'm not ready to, you know, give up value for him in a trade or anything like that. That seems very premature. And and I am kind of waiting for the wheels to fall off, but for no cost to grab a goaltender who has been very good. Um, I mean, if you look at the, uh, if you look at the Sens score tonight, once again, they are, uh, they're doing pretty well against Carolina with Anton Forsberg in at 36 of 38 with, uh, five minutes to play. So yeah, team's looking good. Um, obviously they're getting, uh, outscored quite a bit, so probably it's uh, it's on some hot goaltending streaks. But while that continues, I'm I'm gonna ride it. That's uh, that's how it goes. All right. Well, if I can pull a classic Brian and Elon, uh, we've talked about two key goalies here today. Between Swayman and Murray, who do you trust more? Who would you prefer to have? I mean, if I'm if you're asking about like rate stats rest of season, I would expect Swayman. Like if I'm if I'm able to pick and choose and add one off the waiver wire as needed, but I would bet on Matt Murray having more starts and if volume is key like in points leagues like the cupful to keep in Carlson ultimate patron fantasy league I would uh, I'd be I'd much rather have Matt Murray right now very nice no no preparation on there you know he's quick on his toes uh, let's talk about one more hot streak here just very briefly uh Patrick Laine uh, who helped to deliver that spanking to Phoenix Copley uh three straight games now with two goals each and two assists in the game before that uh you know not a ton, but, you know, uh, not a ton of fantasy relevance here necessarily or actionable information, but I was actually surprised he's only rostered in 73% of leagues right now. Maybe that uh, that name brand has taken a bit of a hit and Columbus isn't always the most exciting place to, to be playing, but, you know, he's in a contract year. He's getting prime deployment. You know, I think it, it is definitely possible that we see the best version of line A moving forward for the rest of the season. So if you are in one of those 27% of leagues, minus maybe 10% uh, that are just dead leagues that are no longer running, um, you know, you might run out there and take a look at line A because he is uh, going to be put in a great position to succeed and he's really going to have that motivation to succeed as well. Yeah, it's nice to see. And I mean, Columbus obviously has to rely on someone. Patrick Laine filling the net is not the most surprising development out there. Uh, Brian and Elon talked about Boone Jenner and how consistently he's been really solid this season. Uh, Laine has been shooting a little high, obviously, especially over the the three game uh, six, the six goal and three game streak. But in general, his numbers are a little inflated, but not in such a way where I'm like, oh no, he's he's actually not fantasy relevant at all or whatever. I think maybe he's more of a 60, 65, maybe approaching 70 point player if the jackets can be for real rest of season. But you could see a team like that struggling at some point, which makes me expect a little bit on the lower side, uh, shying away from from giving him that 70 point projection myself. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but certainly, you know, he's going to get every opportunity. So that's a player that uh, you'd like to have on your roster, I think. Agreed. Lewis, thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. It's good to be back in the booth with you. Uh, for myself, Ben Burnett, signing off. And I look forward to seeing you later. Thanks, everyone, for listening.
Yeah, thanks everybody for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, please give us a follow at ShortShiftsKK. Brian and Elon can be found at Keeping Carlson, and you can find Dave Benton of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Definitely recommend you follow the Game Day suite of accounts at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News. And please visit the great sites where we research our episodes at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, and Natural Stat Trick. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach, and until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short. 